a servant. History. Be without fear in the face of your enemies. History. Speak the truth. History makers. Safeguard the helpless. That is your own. You can do it. Welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're talking to Pastor Wayne Cadero from New Hope, Hawaii. New Hope is a church of around 10 to 15,000 people, and they've also planted 83 churches internationally around the Pacific Rim. Pastor Wayne is author of many books and uh, has also released some worship CDs and uh, is a very infectious preacher. Uh, Pastor Wayne, welcome to History Makers. Well, it's good to be here with you, Matt. Thanks for having me on your show. Now, we're over here in Hawaii at the Doing Church as a Team conference, and I'm absolutely loving it. I don't think I've laughed so much in all my life uh, from some of the stories you've been telling us. Uh, I guess we should begin from the beginning. Tell us about how you gave your heart to God and where it all started. Well, you know, I was about 19 years old. I was um, in a college and not really knowing what I was doing, where I was going. And uh, there's a group of uh, fanatics there called Campus Crusade. And it's sort of like they've got radars for anybody that's a non-Christian. And they, they spotted me. And it's like when they lock on to you, you're in trouble. And so they started coming after me. And and uh, one of them uh, got a hold of me, invited me to this. Uh, it was a Christian concert. And there I began to hear people talk about someone named Jesus. And not in weird, uh, ethereal tones, but very normal, regular kind of people uh, talk. And my heart was stirred, and I began to search for him. And at that point, I gave my heart to Christ. I received him as my Lord, as Savior. My whole life changed. And they shared with me this four spiritual laws, and, and they gave me a, a, this um, Bible and said, go home and read it. And, uh, you know, there's something about the Bible when you read it. Uh, you know, it, it'll say a wise man does this and a wise man does that. And, and I looked at that, and I thought, boy, that's not me. And then it's, but a foolish man does this and a foolish man does that. And I looked at that and I thought, I don't like this book. It's just a little too revealing. And so at, the more I read it, though, the more I realized uh, what, what, what I needed to do and my life needed to change. And that's uh, when it did. And I, I asked God for his help and uh, he helped me. Now, this New Hope International Movement is just absolutely exploding around the Pacific Rim. Tell us how New Hope uh, Oahu started. Well, uh, we I came here uh, about 22 years ago and went to a southernmost island here called uh, Hawaii, the big island of Hawaii, and they're in a little city called Hilo, about 40,000 people, and that's where we began. We planted nine churches out of that. About 10 years ago, the Lord just began to speak to my heart and said, uh, I want you to plant another church. And I thought, fine, I'll raise up a few people and send them out. And the Lord just kind of laid on my heart and said, close, but no cigar. You hand the baton and you go and you start again. And that's why we came here 10 years ago, 250 miles north to this uh, other island called Oahu and began New Hope Oahu. And, uh, and and it just took off. It exploded, and it just seems to continue to go. So we planted uh, about 73 uh, churches since then out of this church, so a total of 83. But it's been a ride, let me tell you. And it's still we're still on the roller coaster. <laughs> now, you've got a staff of 35 full-time and 35 part-time here, 83 senior pastors around the Pacific Rim. Uh, tell me who are the most important people in your church? Well, I think the most important of all are our volunteers. Uh, those are the people that 
work a full-time job out in the marketplace, but still they come and they help set up, take down, because we keep a very slim staff. We run about 11,000 on Sunday mornings and then with our satellites, probably 15, and uh, our, our volunteers are there. If they didn't set up, because we don't have a church home, right? We're meeting in a school. If they didn't set up, and take down, we wouldn't be able to have any church services. And they actually arrive at 1 o'clock in the morning, and they begin setting up because sound checks start at 5.30. Our first service begins at 7 a.m., and then one at 9 and one at 11. And then Saturday night as well, we have a service at 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock. And half of our church is set up outside because we don't have enough room on the inside of an auditorium. So without our volunteers, uh, we wouldn't have what we have. They are some of the most special people in the world. Sounds pretty intense. Okay, now we're at this conference called The Heart Behind Doing Church as a Team. Do you want to just share a little bit about what this conference is about? Well, you know, churches a lot of times are seen as a few professionals doing a religious thing, and everyone kind of comes and watches them do their thing, and then we rate them on a scale of 1 to 10, whether they're good or not good. And if they entertain me enough and they've got good enough music, then it's a good church, and I'll come and uh, I'll spectate every Sunday. But really, that's not church. Uh, that might be a religious program. That might be something nice. But church really is, uh, the Bible calls church uh, the people. Whenever God talks about his church, it's his people. And so when we re- really have church, this church here at called New Hope is only going to be as involved as the people are involved, only as strong as the people are strong, only as joyful as the people are joyful, because the church is people and people is a church. And we've been here 10 years and uh, a strong church, and we're a homeless church. We don't have a facility and partly is because a lot of times people point to a building and say, that's the church called so-and-so. Well, what we decided to do was, we're not going to have a building because the church is not a building, it's people. So when people say, where is New Hope? I say, New Hope is everywhere. It's uh, in your place of business. It's downtown. It's in the supermarket. It's people. And so New Hope is everywhere. It's not in one location. And doing church as a team simply is everybody puts their hand to the plow. Everyone gets involved. And when we do, something powerful takes place. This is History Makers from Hawaii this week. And we're talking to Wayne Cadero, pastor of New Hope Oahu. Now, you're a bit of a biker. What do you ride? Yeah, I ride a motorbike uh, around Hawaii and then uh, on stateside as well. I'll take a touring bike. And so I have a Harley Davidson and I, uh, it's a big touring kind of bike. And we ride all over the place. And my wife, bless her heart, she uh, she's a motorcycle mama. She's this petite little lady, but she jumps on the back and holds on, and off we go. So it's kind of like we're empty nesters now, and I've got three children, and they're all out of the house. And now my wife Anna and I can just take some time to uh, uh, to tour a little bit, to see what we haven't seen. Because uh, I've traveled so much, but when you're speaking or ministering, you, you you go to every country there is, but you don't hardly see those countries because you're in on a flight, you go to a hotel or a conference center, you speak, you do the ministry, you jump back on a plane, you go home, and you think, now what nation was I in? What what country was I in? And you never see it, except the inside of a plane in a hotel and a conference center. So I thought, you know, I'm not going to keep doing that. I'm going to take a little more time. So we ride our motorcycle. 
I heard you share a story recently about an episode of Donahue you saw, which is a talk show host, where there were some bodybuilders on. Do you want to share that, that analogy with us? I was watching this uh, television show, and these guys are huge. They're muscle builders, and they they kind of parade themselves, and, you know, and they look like nuclear mutations. And, and, and I kind of make fun of them, but you don't want to make fun of them to their face because they're big. But... But, you know, they, they sit on these little stools and uh, the stools disappear because they're so huge. And they got these little panties on and their heads shrink the bigger their muscles get. And Donahue said something. He said, man, you guys are so huge. You know, and he said, uh, what do you guys use your muscles for? Like during the week, do you move train cars from track to track? Do you do you move, uh, you know, elevator shafts? Do you, do you move refrigerators? What do you do? And the first guy stood up and flexed his muscles and he said, we use them for this. And he flexed in the in the camera, and he sat back down. And then Donahue said, "No, no, no! What do you use these muscles for?" And the second guy did the very same thing. He stood up and flexed his flexed his muscles and said, it's "For this." And by now, I am just howling. And Donahue says, no, read my lips. What do you use these muscles for? And the third guy does the same thing. He sticks his thigh into the camera lens and flexes his thing and sits back down. And now I am just rolling. And I thought in my mind, that's just like Christians. That's just like church people. God has given us so much in gifts and talents and abilities. And we come and sit every Sunday morning. And the Lord is saying, now, all that I've given you, what are you going to use it for? And we just kind of flex and say, hallelujah. And then we sit back in our pew. And, and the Lord says, no, no, no. What do you use those things for? We do the same thing. Hallelujah. And we just do that every Sunday. Every Sunday I do that. And it's like God is scratching his head saying, no, 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 no. I didn't give you what you have. Your gifts, your talents, your skills, your abilities to just sit in a pew every Sunday and flex. I gave it to you for, for you to use. And use for, for my purposes that I have designed for you to use it for. And so doing church as a team is take what God's given you. Use it and see what he'll do. Now one of the books that you've written that I've heard many people talk about that it's, it's changed their lives is Dream Releases. Do you want to tell us a bit about that book? Well, the Dream Releases is just simply that I just believe that in every person is a dream. Everybody has a dream of what they can be for God. Now, that dream could lay under the rubble of past mistakes, uh, maybe character flaws, immaturities, fears, um, doubts that one would have about his or her own abilities. But still, under that rubble is a dream, a dream of what they can be for God. And uh, they just need help in releasing that dream. And I, I believe... Uh, that the churches need to be filled with dream releasers, not just dreamers, dream releasers. Because you see, uh, the kingdom of God is isn't sort of like the opposites. If you want to live, it says die. If you want to receive, you give. You know, if you want to be exalted, humble yourself. And it's sort of like if you want to be fulfilled, fulfill somebody else. And then God steps in and fulfills you himself. We need dream releasers. People will help. That'll help all of these young people in this next generation. They have dreams in their heart. They're, but they're caught up. They're bound up on the inside. But they're filled with potential. And I don't want to see anybody take that potential to the grave. I want to see that fly for the Lord. And that's what dream releases are all about. It's a call, to un, an unabashed call to give your life away so that the church will rise. I also heard you sharing about the most richest place on the earth, uh, just around the corner from here. Where was that place again? Yeah, yeah. I just say, you know, the richest place on the face of the earth is not the gold mines 
of the Incas or the diamond mines of Africa. You know, the, the richest spot, I think, on the face of this earth is uh, our graveyards, our cemeteries. Because under those rectangular pieces of sod are songs, masterpiece songs that have never been sung, paintings that have never been painted, schools that were never started, books that were never written, just thought about, ideas that could have changed our world and our communities, but they never flew. They're still yet in potential form. And I say it this way, if I, I, if I could mine the potential out of one graveyard and bring it all to reality, I'd be the richest man on the face of this earth. Now, your services are very multimedia-based. They've got a lot of drama and dance and music. How do you react to people saying, that's not church, that's just entertainment? Well, you know, I, when people say it's a lot of entertainment, first thing I say is, well, what's the option? You know, you want to be bored to death? And I said, if that's what you want, then you, there's a lot of churches you can go to, but it ain't going to be this one. I remember coming in, in the back of the service one day, and a man looked at me and said, Hey, preacher, he said, I'd come to your church more if you wouldn't keep making a bunch of jokes. You're not a comedian. I don't come to a, com- a comedy club. I come to church. Just preach the word, brother. Preach the word. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, man, I'm so sorry. You want to be so sad. And I said, you know what? God's word is called not bad news. It's called good news. And uh, I said, you know, and if you're going to come to New Hope, you're going to laugh a little bit. And if you can't laugh, I said, there's a whole bunch of churches you can go to. So, I mean, I'll even help you find them because they're not that hard to find. But I said, if you want to stay here, then you'll have to at least be willing to open your heart. And uh, I think he left because I never saw him again after that, which is not, you know, it's an answer to my prayer. But, uh, but in, uh, in New Hope, yeah, it's, it's fun. And uh, that doesn't mean that we don't get serious because we can get really deep. We can get very serious because we deal with lives that are broken and hearts that are hurting. So we deal with those things. But to deal with it um, is sort of like, and not laugh or not have any joy. It's almost like doing surgery without anesthesia, you know. You, just, you don't do that. Now, uh, we also have dance and multimedia because we really believe that uh, in order to assimilate God's Word into your life, you've got to first understand it. And so we use multimedia, we use dance, we use songs just to help people understand God's Word a little bit more through lives, through a song, through a poem, through a media clip. And if I can get them to have a little light go on in their head going, bing, got it and a dot is connected with another dot, then I'm happy. And so we're going to do the best we can in that way. And now you've got three children. One of them's the youth pastor here at New Hope Oahu. Uh, and I heard that another one was adopted. Yeah, we have an adopted girl that uh, young lady got pregnant by a GI, an army guy, and didn't know what to do, was thinking about abortion. And, and I ended up counseling her. And as I was counseling her, the Lord says, just don't tell her not to abort. You've got to give her an answer. And I thought, yeah, I was giving her instruction, but I wasn't really giving her help because she can't take care of the baby. So the Lord said, I want you to offer to take that child. And so right in the middle of the counseling, I said, you know what? Uh, I will take that child. I'll pay for all your prenatal, postnatal, and uh, you'll have, you can visit this child anytime you want to. And so the child now, my daughter Abby, is uh, almost 19 years old. She's in Bible college and... Uh, uh, she stays with her birth mom about every other month over the weekend. Man, it's a wonderful influence on her birth mom and her new family. And uh, Abby's training to be a uh, Christian counselor. Very exciting. Now, I'm sure there's people listening right now that are thinking, you know, I don't go to church. Um, this guy's got some good stuff to say. 
maybe I should do something about getting closer to God, what would your advice be to them? What would you say to them? Well, you know, uh, the fact that um, you are even thinking that way is a good thing because that tells me that God's working in your heart and that you even have a curiosity for it. Uh, And, uh, you know, in the end, we will all stand before God. Uh, I say it this way, you know, I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart. Now, if I'm wrong in this and there is no God, I had a great life. And I got a great family, and my kids are doing so good, and I've got a great relationship with uh, uh, everyone that uh, are friends, and it's just been a wonderful life. Even if I'm wrong, I win. But if I'm right, I win big time. Now, someone says, well, I'm not going to believe in God then. Well, if you're wrong, you lose everything. If there is no God, you've got a bad life, because you're mad at everybody and you hold bitternesses and, and you're immoral, whatever. And, th- and at the end, you, you just kind of had a bad life. You fought with everybody and it's your 18th marriage. But, <clears throat> but if you're right, you got a bad life. If you're wrong, you lose forever. And so I say to people, if God's moving on your heart to check him out, man, find a church, check him out. Because uh, he's putting that little thing in your heart. It's called eternity. The Bible says it this way, God has put eternity in the heart of every man, which means a desire to know about forever. God put it there. I'd check it out. That's very good news. Well, if anyone would like to uh, find out more about New Hope, uh, there's a website you can go to. It's www.enewhope.org. Pastor Wayne is author of many books. There's a whole bunch. What's your latest? We did Doing Church as a Team, and then another book called Rising Above. And then uh, the latest one is called Culture Shift, how to shift the culture in a business or your um, family or a church. Uh, when the culture isn't that good, you want to shift it. And uh, it tells you how to do exactly that. Thanks for joining us, Wayne. You certainly are a history maker. Thanks for having me on your show. And if you'd like to hear this interview again or find out more, please go to historymakersradio.com. There'll also be a link to enewhope.org, which is the website for New Hope Oahu. History Makers.